0: Is a disgusting act
1: by Randy Moss. Well, he has trouble with the snap, and
2: the ball is free. But they aren't.
0: You are listening to 897 WUECO Claire? This is the final whistle on Blue Gold Radio Sunday with Jack Durz, and Wyatt. Uh, last one of the semester, last one before we get on the grind of finals, which I am not looking forward to. I'm sure you guys aren't either. Um, last one before we can head home and celebrate the holidays, and then we won't be back for about a month and a half or so. So I hope you enjoy. This is our last one, like I said. Um, But we're starting slightly late, so we'll get right into it. Um, On with our quick hits. First thing I want to talk about, that Steelers-Vikings game on Thursday night. Now, the Vikings dominated that first half of the game, and it it felt good as a Viking fan to see your team up. I think it was like 29-0 after halftime. And then we collapsed, and it was horrible, and it felt very Vikings-esque, and hurt my heart but in the waning moments of the clock no timeouts left for the Steelers uh, Juju Smith or no uh, Chase Claypool sorry Chase Claypool gets a first down celebrates by pointing to the first down takes extra time off the clock instead of rushing it back to the referee Uh, basically effectively taking an extra five seconds off the clock or so and losing uh, another opportunity for them. And then in a press conference later on, blame the offensive lineman who was trying to get the ball from him and set them up. Bizarre to me. How would the Steelers locker room must be a wild environment. You guys have any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I completely agree that their locker room isn't what it needs to be at for a team that's attempting to contend for a playoff spot. Um, you know Chase Claypool is the team's leading receiver, and he's not much better than than Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, both of these guys are the, they're the guys who will go into the locker room after a win or a loss and make a TikTok, and right. they seem more concerned with their social media channels and their gaming networks and their own statistics than the overall success of the team. And I don't necessarily want to lump Juju Smith Schuster in there. I mean, he's a colorful personality. And he cried earlier this year when he was discussing his shoulder injury that happened to be season ending and and was obviously distraught that he wouldn't be able to be a leader and, and be a supporter of this team. And we also have to remember that he's a guy who came into the league when he was only 19 years old. He was so young. So, yeah. you know, think about that. I mean, that's like a freshman in college being a, in the NFL and, and having adult expectations right. placed on a kid. Right. So, you know. You have to remember that they're young and that they don't really have a veteran presence in the locker room anymore, but this is a problem that's been persisting with the Steelers for a long time, even before these guys were even on the team. I okay. mean, look at Le'Veon Bell. Yep. He sat out an entire season over a contract dispute. Yeah. He was a great running back, and now his career is effectively over. He can't even stay on the practice squad of most teams. Antonio Brown. Look, I mean, Total head case. It's, it's really disappointing because the Steelers are a team that, were They were at the top of their division for most of the 2010s, actually most of the 2000s and 2010s. I mean, pretty much since Ben Rethlisberger has been their quarterback since 2004, they've been a division contender, a playoff contender, even a Super Bowl contender every year. And during the 2010s, they had such a talented roster on both sides of the ball, and yet they always fumbled away their season and I think it's because they continue to sign players who might be very talented but aren't very great teammates or locker room guys constantly distracting other players and this is just another example I
0: think it's even more of a lack of leadership because this is a team that when it was led by the Troy Palomalos and the James Harrisons Mm -hmm. that was a well-rounded team that had a sturdy locker room and it was led by these professionals these guys who came in worked showed it on and off the field every single day and held everyone to these high standards and they don't have that right now and i i don't think ben roethlisberger is that by any means that he doesn't seem like a, as much of a leader as as you'd hope him to be and they're missing some of those other guys
1: yeah i mean absolutely and and um just to kind of go off of the quarterback I guess I'll turn this around as more of a question, but do you think that any of this sort of lack of leadership reflects on Mike Tomlin as well?
0: Well, at some point you have to make it. I I feel like, but um, I also really respect him as a coach. I think he's done some great things in this league. He's Mm -hmm. shown he can be a very good coach in this league, but at some point he needs to, you know, pull it in. I I I mean, do you
1: think that maybe, I think we might've brushed on this a little bit a few weeks ago, but do you think maybe even a coaching change is necessary because Look at some of the most successful coaches over the last, you know, 10, 20 years. A lot of them have even eventually lost their job because sometimes you just need a little bit of a change of the culture. And, and a lot of times that starts with the head coach, whether it's whether it's fair or not. So
2: I actually think Mike Tomlin is doing a great job with the leadership of the Steelers. Right. Um, I think that they just have happened to get some like bigger personalities like Juju, like Claypool. I mean, look at them last year and then look at where they're now. They were making TikToks on the fifty yard line before the game, after losses, stomping on it, being completely disrespectful to the other team. Now we're saying it's bad that he does a celebration of the first down. Yes, it was in a very bad situation, but it's nothing compared to making the TikToks on the 50 yard line before the game. I think they've done a good job at cleaning up that culture. Um, So far.
0: Well, with that being said, it kind of leads me right into my my next point. Then is it is what the Cowboys did prior to um, this most recent game against the uh, Washington football team too much. Then, uh, obviously, and Anders, you knew a little bit more about this, but um, Mike McCarthy came in, kind of declared that they were going to
1: come in and stop the Cardinal or the mm. the Washington football team. Um, he said he had full confidence that this would be a win for yep. the Cowboys before the game. And then Ron Rivera's responded with, you know, this'll be a big mistake yeah. for them to it. They went on to win the game for right. context, 27 to 20 today. They were up 24 to zero at halftime. Um, and then, not to mention, that yeah. they bring they bring their own
0: heated benches to the stadium. They <laughs> Let's have say a, the
1: Cowboys on them.
0: Yep, yep. they have it. They have a team meeting on the logo in the uh, the center of the field. Is is that correct? Right. Um, so a lot of things. The Raiders are, did
1: that too today, but they got blown out. Oh, they got the blown Cowboys out. One. But
0: a lot of things that kind of brought this arrogant, kind of cocky attitude that we were just talking about with some of those Steelers players, um, is you know, is there is there place for kind of that type of coaching that type of leadership that type of stuff in the nfl and in sports today
2: yeah 100 well, percent. i think there is um i'm not going to talk about the 50 yard line meeting i think that's a whole other subject just that's a respect thing but saying um i have 100 percent confidence that we are going to win this game that just shows that you have faith in your players that you have faith in your team and you're gonna say we got this go get them yeah
0: absolutely i i agree and um it reminds me of uh, the same kind of stuff's happening in the NHL right now because a player made this unbelievable pass from behind the net um, that was knocked in. And there, were, there was talks from a lot of these old school uh, coaches and analysts and stuff who were just like, there's no place for that kind of stuff in the league. And why? Why not allow? It, it goes back to the whole taunting issues with the NFL officiating right now. As long as it's within reason, why are we not letting players talk it up a little bit out there? Why are we not letting players have, show some confidence in their abilities? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other thing to that is if they can't back it up, they get burned. And exactly. then it looks worse on them. And why hold them back from that? You I know? think
1: I think the key here, you know, even even to compare topics a little bit, I think the key here is that it's situational. OK, so the Steelers one is more upsetting as a fan and especially as a coach or as a teammate, because that's someone who's showboating when you're in a, you know, two minute drill down eight points. You need a touchdown and a two point conversion just to keep the game going right. over overtime. whereas the Cowboys, that was all pregame. Yeah. And then they backed it up by winning. Right, So absolutely. I I don't see an issue with it at all. And I, I actually think it makes things more fun for the fans and more fun for the players. And it, it kind of adds some juice to a rivalry that it hasn't even been that entertaining yeah. as of late because Washington hasn't been a good team in so long. Well, and I
0: think so, to, to that point, we, we are losing kind of that the heated rivalries that we once saw, and not just in the NFL, but in every sport. And I think to that aspect of there's been a weird addition of Added rules and Mm. unwritten rules, and just things to prevent teams and players from speaking out and saying things and kind of lighting
1: that fire under the rivalry that you miss. Yeah, and that's something that I do really miss from professional sports and especially football because now in today's game, across a lot of sports, there's so much free agency and so much turnover after every season that a lot of times. You know, you're looking at a completely different team every year. Yeah. Whereas before, a lot of players were able to spend most of their career with the same team. So when teams were good, you could watch a really, really exciting and heated rivalry 12 to 15 to 20 times over the course of, you know, 10 years. And that was really, really exciting to watch. I mean, some of those Steelers and Ravens games back in the early 2010s. When oh my they had gosh, they were Troy awesome. Polamalu yeah. and Lamar Woodley and James Harrison on the defense, and then on the offense, you know, for the Ravens you had Ray Rice and and Joe Flacco mm-hmm. and Torrey Smith and yeah. those kind of guys. I mean, those were some really really fun matchups to watch, especially in the you know later later months of the season. So. Just kind of thinking about that. I always, you know, anytime you can add any juice to a team that's in your division that, that you play twice a year, I think it's it's right. warranted. And
0: yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's such a frustration for me and and seeing some of the stuff. Now and like you said, it's very situational because I I think what Chase Claypool did was just kinda of idiotic. In the sense that, like, know where you're, know what's going on in the game, you mm-hmm. know, and realize that. And also, beyond that, take some responsibility for it. Like, to, I think the even worse part is the blaming is offensive lineman afterwards, which was so frustrating to me. It's like, what, you did this yourself. I don't know why you're going to sit here, obviously make that mistake and then push the blame on a teammate. Horrible. Um, but beyond that, it, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, a little more of this kind of team. Energy And this team kind of heat coming up from uh, before, after, between whatever games um, kind of get those those uh, rivalries going some more. So onto our final quick hit of the evening, college football playoffs are coming up. Uh, let's get some predictions. Anders, what do you got?
1: All right. Well, um, we have Cincinnati versus Alabama, the, the four seed versus the one seed. Um, Remember because Alabama got the one seed after beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. Yep. And then we also have Georgia, which is the two seed now and Michigan is the three seed. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think, I think a lot of people are rooting for a Michigan versus Cincinnati matchup in the national championship just because they're the underdogs and they're the teams that haven't really been there. And it's, it's oftentimes an SEC dominated championship and you know, for the last pretty much the entire existence of the college football playoff, it's been Alabama or Clemson or LSU or Ohio State. And so I think it's an exciting year because you have two teams that have never been there before to make it a little bit more interesting. However, I still think it's going to be an all-SEC championship. I mean, and that's I, the most I, realistic. I, just, I don't have – I mean, I like to be a little bit more – wild with my nfl predictions because the talent is just so there's so much parity in the nfl and it's it's a little more equal and you know it feels like a lot of different things could happen but in college football i think you have to be a little bit more of a realist um i just i think it's going to be an sec championship i don't have much faith in the big 10 in the college football playoff they they usually lose yeah when they're in the playoffs and i don't even know if it's going to be close i Mm -hmm. have to be honest i i Really, really hope Michigan wins. I'm rooting for them, but I I think the most real realistic he- thing here is uh, it's gonna be like thirty five to ten. Okay, Georgia, yeah, and then I think Alabama and Cincinnati could be even worse. But I will say this: I think if Georgia does get another shot at Alabama, they could win. Okay, even though they lost forty one twenty four, I think that I think that second time around rivals national championship I think could be interesting. Wyatt, you got one.
2: Um, yeah, I agree with there is here, um, that Michigan and Clemson just pretty much or Cincinnati or Cincinnati. I'm sorry. Um, they don't really have a chance, um, against these sec, the big dogs who've been there over and over. They have the experience, they have the knowledge and how to win, how to get there and how to win the whole championship.
0: Okay. I'm going to go with a hot take I touched on. I think it was last week. Cincinnati's going to beat Alabama. Really? Cincinnati is going to go to the national championship. You
1: have that much faith in in Desmond Ritter and that offense? Well, here's –
0: here's and and then let me just say my other one. I think Georgia does beat Michigan um, mostly because I think Michigan – you kind of stated the Big Ten doesn't bode very well in the national championship or in in the college football playoffs in general. Um, And Michigan got out of what felt like an off year for the Big Ten. Um, They – there was no real, I don't want to say no real competition, but it felt like every team just wasn't themselves in the Big Ten, and it led to a easier, quote, easier schedule for Michigan that kind of got them there. I think they're more pretenders than anything. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a national championship team. Georgia goes and wipes Michigan. I think Cincinnati beats Alabama, though. The only reason I say that is this is a team that's, obviously playing with some with a chip on their shoulder a little bit of charisma right now because who would have thought Cincinnati would be where they are right now and Alabama is not used to a Cincinnati team they're not used to the Cincinnati offense they're used to Georgia they're used to Michigan they're used mm-hmm. to these other big schools they are not used yeah. to Cincinnati and we've and seen I think-
1: we've seen teams from the American Conference beat some of the bigger yeah. teams, or at least at least give them a good yeah. run for the I mean, we saw UCF from yep. the same conference; they got left out of the playoff, and then I think this was three or four years ago now, but they actually beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl and then declared and then themselves cleared, national champions. Yep, they claimed
0: their national. Okay, I didn't
1: agree with that. No, but, but they, they were fourteen and zero, and made the argument that they should have been in the playoffs. Yes, yes, and at the same time, you know, you have teams like Houston who beat Oklahoma yep. in the regular season, in the yep. season opener a couple years ago. I cannot um overstate how important this game is for college football, yeah, this is an underdog team from a smaller school and a smaller conference, yes, not in the group of five, not the power five that is trying to beat a team that has been the greatest dynasty in college football yes. ever absolutely, and for the last decade so if if they could actually pull that off it would i mean that would be a movie level, yeah s- sports story it would be it would be incredible. The
0: other point I wanted to make is. Alabama has not been perfect this year. Alabama obviously lost earlier in the year to Texas A&M. And, and, you know, that was early in the year. They kind of, you know, came back from their fumbles and then almost lost to Auburn uh, in like the second to last game of the year or something like that. And just shows you that like this is a beatable team. This is not a team that is just unbelievable, whatever. Like this is a beatable team. And so I think if someone's going to do it, it'd be Cincinnati because it's just kind of that new face and they're playing with, with energy and charisma right now. With that being said, you are listening to 89.7 WUEC Eau Claire. This is the final whistle on Blue Gold Radio Sunday with Jack, Durz, and Wyatt. Moving on to our longer topics, I want to talk about Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like in the media, this has been just touched on plenty, but it needs to be talked about. Obviously, there were the initial issues with Urban Meyer, his scandal, you could say, at a Restaurant or a club or whatever, um, that kind of seemed like selfish acts by him and making things kind of off with the team. But then recently, there have been, um, reports that he and Marvin Jones, um, got into a huge argument, um, led to Marvin Jones almost just leaving. Uh, he did leave the or, or left, and then yeah. people had to convince him to The come wide back. receivers
1: coaches, yes, you know, yelled at him and was like, you have they to, had to convince him to come like, back. Yep.
0: Um, And it just feels like a very it just feels very unprofessional by Urban Meyer, Mm -hmm. especially from a guy who prior to this year was held on such a pedestal, was seen as such a football genius and a professional and a stand up class Mm -hmm. act guy to have all this happen. It's kind of unbelievable and just shows not only is your team terrible this year, Mm -hmm. but you're taking a quarterback who was considered a generational talent and was unbelievable statistic wise in Mm. college football and he doesn't look good in the nfl with the team he has He's
1: like nine touchdowns to 14 something like that he does
0: he doesn't look good in the nfl your team can't win he they he hasn't
1: even had a pass rating over 100 in a single game yeah and they're and not to
0: mention they're just utilizing players poorly james robinson i think this last game you said had like four touches for six yards or something oh my gosh use the man i mean he not to he he basically after robinson had a breakout undrafted rookie year said, all right, we're replacing you and drafted Travis Etienne. And then Etienne goes down and they're like, eh, we don't feel like using you either. So just very bizarre. I'm curious what you guys have have to say.
2: Um, I think he's trying to treat the NFL like college football, and that's what's leading to all these fractured relationships within the organization. I think he thinks that he has command or control over all the players, all the coaches that say, you can yeah. eat it this time, you practice here, you play mm-hmm. then." Yeah. Which yeah. in the NFL, these guys, they're full grown adults. They have their own money. They have their own contracts. They can leave if they want to. They're not relying on that college football program to bring them into the NFL level. And they have their own wills that they will speak against the coach if he's treating you bad. That's a really yeah. interesting point. I never thought about yeah, it's that.
1: a It's a fantastic point. And just to go off of, of how you stated that, he is... One of the greatest college football head coaches of all time. Absolutely. I mean, he's a guy who was able to build a national championship team at not just one, but two schools. Yes. And only a handful of other head coaches have ever done that, including Nick Saban. And if you remember Nick Saban, he tried to coach the Dolphins and he lasted, I think, just one season and he went 4 and 12. Yeah. And a lot in of these college coaches, he left LSU. Chip Kelly? Yeah. You know, went that was. To, I mean, that lasted, that experiment lasted a little bit longer and he actually was able to make the playoffs one season. But I think that just goes to show that some coaches aren't made to to do that. And a lot of guys who end up becoming NFL head coaches typically are just position coaches but in the NFL. And they're there for a long time before they make the transition to head coach. Absolutely. A lot of these college coaches yeah. start in college and stay in college. And so, you know, I'm just more confused about the context as to how Urban Meyer even got here because... If you guys remember correctly, he left Ohio State and said he was retiring from coaching after the 2019 season because, you know, he was having some heart trouble. He was too stressed. It was attributed to stress. And he left his school where he had built sort of a dynasty. I mean, Ryan Day has done great taking over for him, but he left. And I was shocked when I heard that he was hired by the Jags. I was shocked. I was like, really? Oh you know, yeah. I mean, com- completely. I thought he was done coaching. He said he retired. He said he walked away from the game and, and then city Khan must've just given him a deal that he couldn't pass up to coach the Jags. And right. They had the number one pick and, you know, got Trevor Lawrence and everything. But, I mean, college is so different from the NFL that I don't care how good a prospect is because you never know. I mean, look at Tom Brady, sixth round draft pick, right? almost undrafted, greatest player of all time. And now you have a guy who, after one season, might be labeled a bust because of how he's been mismanaged by Urban Meyer. And going off of what Wyatt said, I mean, so it's so disrespectful to treat players like they're in college and that they're not like adults. And I don't think he knows how to coach a team without treating them like... He needs to teach them some big lesson about life and and everything. And on top of that, attitude reflects leadership. And he, after narrowly, narrowly losing to the Bengals on a Thursday night game earlier this year in, in Ohio, he stayed at home, said he was going to spend some time with his family, and then he was photographed and videotaped at a nightclub with a, a girl who was not his wife, you know, dancing close to yeah. his lap. And just... I mean, how do you even lead a team after that? Right. Absolutely. He didn't come home with the team. He didn't fly back with the team. And then he's shown all I mean, we don't know where he went after he was at that nightclub. He could have taken that girl home for all, all we know as as the media and whether fair or not, it's our job to speculate on that because it's just such a bad look. And. In my opinion, he lost the locker room right there.
0: I, I couldn't believe he wasn't fired right then and there. It surprised me that he was... Well, they were 0-5 at the time, too. They were 0-5. They yeah. they already looked like, you know, he was struggling to make the transition. Then suddenly that happens. And it, no, there's no way the players who already were probably frustrated and disgruntled and did not like how things were going, there's no way after that they were like, that they gained any trust in this man they obviously lost a lot and how do you build that back he didn't even afterwards when he came out and spoke to the media about it he didn't sound like a leader he didn't sound like someone who took ownership for it he i mean he kind of brushed it off and was you know nonchalant about it said i made a mistake well yeah that's what everyone's gonna say they're gonna apologize and say they made a mistake how are you gonna turn things around because they didn't turn things around after that either i it blows my mind he was not fired then. It blows my mind he is yet to be fired. And I sure hope he's fired after this year. I don't know if it was the fact that he took took a year or two off from football and he just kind of got into a different mindset, got into a different lifestyle, whatever. Mm. I don't know if he was doing this stuff in college and we just weren't aware of it. I I don't know. And maybe it was the fact that he was doing this stuff in in college and he got away with it because the national spotlight is is slightly less on college football coaches than they are in the NFL. Maybe it's because, you know, with players and coaches and everyone but your athletic director kind of being underneath you, you can get away with some of that stuff a little bit more. Who knows? He can't get away with that stuff in the NFL. And the fact that he is still an NFL coach is unbelievable. I mean, he, and you see this all the time, but after his loss, after being shut out today against a beaten up Titans team, he walked across with a, just a blank stare in his eyes, gave, uh, gave verbata a weak hand, looked away and walked away. He barely shook his hand. it's just like, what professionalism? Yeah. My
1: God. The fact that they were just shut out by the Titans too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shutouts are always embarrassing in the NFL, and that's just it's never a good look for a coach who is expected to have a game plan to score points. Yeah, and as good as the Titans defense has been at times this year, I mean, they, they held the Chiefs to three points in a game, and that's mm-hmm. always impressive. It's just it's it's shocking. And another thing is, I think he tries to manage players on the field like a college coach does. Okay, so James Robinson, you mentioned today he had six carries for four yards, but a couple of weeks ago, I think that this might have even been last week. He was benched for a large portion of the first half for fumbling on the opening drive. Yeah, and that's your best offensive player. That's you right. Know, he's a he's a past thousand yard rusher, skill position player. It's right out of the backfield. Yeah. yeah, and and Trevor, it took Trevor Lawrence going over to Urban Meyer and yelling at him and saying, "We need this guy in the field yeah. to get him back into the game in the second half." Because, and that's that's just ridiculous. I think he had you know Carlos Hyde, who played for him at Ohio State. He had Carlos handle most of the carries for the rest of the half. But that shows favoritism, and it also just shows the lack of ability to discern that this is an NFL game. It's not a college game. You don't put stickers on someone's helmet for accomplishments yeah. like they do at Ohio State. This right. is a real situation, and you don't have your best player on the field because he screwed up one time in the game. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. Exactly.
0: It is, it's, it is Totally ridiculous, and and also, yeah, this favoritism thing—it's not, uh, you know, in college you can you get to recruit who you want on your team, and that's that is what it is. When you come into the NFL, one, it's not completely up to you as the head coach who you get on that team. Two, you may have—I mean, you may have a say, but you don't—you don't get to choose. Two, he came into a team and inherited a team that was, for the most part, besides his draft picks and maybe a handful of free agent signings. A team that was already there, a team that was already together, and he decided, all right, this is how it's going to be. How many of those guys are going to buy into that? I mean, players already struggle with coaching changes that are going to change up schemes and change up, you know, playbooks and and just the dynamic of everything there. Anyways, but suddenly you come in and guys who, again, I go back to James Robinson because it just blows my mind that you would take a use a first-round pick on a running back and this and that after the year he had and how young he was, completely disrespected by Urban Meyer absolutely without even giving this guy a shot. And then once he gets his shot because Travis Etienne goes down with an injury, not giving him that shot. And it blows my – again, It it's such a favoritism college head coach style of thing that how this is being accepted in the NFL blows my mind. Um, and then add in all the off the field stuff. And it, it. I think we've brushed over too much of this argument that he had with Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is a well-respected veteran in this league who has played for a lot of bad teams. This guy was a Lions wide receiver. He knows his way around bad football teams and broken locker rooms and this and that. And he got to the point where he left with Urban Meyer. He didn't do that in Detroit with how many terrible head coaches in Detroit with it. You know, he never got that far and urban Meyer even
1: been on a team that's won a playoff game and
0: urban Meyer pushed him to the limit that he had to leave it. And again, well-respected locker room guy, well-respected veteran receiver, a guy who's been getting a lot of targets from Trevor Lawrence. I I'm curious what that conversation was about considering that it was that bad it's so selfish and so terrible for Irv, Irvin Meyer. Yeah. It's it's insane. And
2: Meyer denies that it happened at all. Yeah, he's like anybody who leaks anything, their job is gone.
0: Which uh, you've heard, we've heard from other coaches too, which is insane. It's so there was um, and a different different sport, but um, the, the, one of the old Minnesota Wild GMs. They this guy was supposed to be kind of that next great GM in the NHL. He was an assistant GM for a while, came in and. There were stories about how he people were leaking injury information about players, stuff that's supposed to be public knowledge, anyways, at least to the league, as to like what's going on with injuries. People were leaking injury information, and he was threatening to fire people over leaking injury information. And it's like, oh my God, do you know where you're what you chose a job in the spotlight of sports? I don't know why you want to be so secretive and so. Behind, it's it's bizarre and urban is doing the same thing and
1: that doesn't last very long and, and there are a lot of guys on his staff who who are questionable i i forget i forget his name but he had this strength trainer i think yeah his chris doyle was yeah. his name the, the one from iowa yeah correct? yeah yeah. Yeah, and yeah he was gonna have that guy yeah come in to be the strength and performance coordinator for the jags this year and he's a guy who has a history of Verbally assaulting and humiliating players in the facility. He's a guy who has a history of pushing players so hard that they have to go to the hospital yeah, and get was, IV fluids during summer. It was training. literally like the and same
0: month that he hired him. That yeah. news came out that he like verbally and like physically was and like he's Also associated and with like, racism, oh my gosh, and racism and racism. Yeah, all that came out, and it was like. Wh- did he even vet this guy, or was he
1: okay with no, all that? No, they've been with their, and,
0: their friends. Yeah, and that's that's, that's and, what's and bizarre. That those things were already said to players, a That makes
1: you question what oh they God. might say. You know, when they're in the comforts of their own their own home and they're spending time together. Yeah. You know, outside of the facility. So, well, I look just, at look at what
0: happened with John Gruden this year. Right. I mean, we know that there's such a zero tolerance for that stuff in uh, the NFL yeah. that he had to resign and this and that. Yeah. Well, at what point does Urban Meyer need to be held accountable right. for some of this? Bottom stuff?
1: line is is NFL needs a culture change. I think they're getting the culture change. I think there's a lot of great things going on around the league with the things like My Cause My Cleats and, and the monthly themes of awareness, like October's breast cancer awareness month and they wear pink and the, you know, all that. But that's all performative stuff. Yeah. And I think at some point the NFL they almost it's almost a double-edged sword for the league in general because By calling out John Gruden and getting him fired, the league, you know, it's it's like it's like the story of a Hydra. You know, you cut off one head, how many more grow back in its place? Because now people are saying, Well, why didn't you release Dan Snyder's emails for Washington? Why aren't you releasing things more things with Urban Meyer and some of these other head coaches and owners who are questionable? So I think just knowing all this and the fact that they're also a two and eleven team that just got shut out today, I I think that you'd be very hard pressed to find a a person who doesn't believe he should be fired at the end of the season i
0: would think so and i'm i struggle to you know i struggle to believe that that anyone in that organization would want to keep him but then again i guess who knows they brought him in the first place um i don't know i can't see him staying but who knows um with that being said excuse me You're listening to 89.7 WUEC Eau Claire. This is The Final Whistle on Blue Gold Radio Sunday with Jack Durz and Wyatt. Reminder that this is our last show of the semester. We won't be back until sometime in February most likely. kind of depends on when we can get things going after the start of the semester. But with our next and possibly last topic of the semester, um, let's talk about some uh, NFL playoff predictions uh, as we kind of roll into the latter half of the season here week 15 next week um fantasy right week 15 next week is that I think correct? so yeah uh, fantasy football playoffs i know start next week everything's getting full swing but we won't see you until after the super bowl um so we might as well talk about it now uh we kind of want to go through and and predict what our final uh, 14 teams We're going to be in the playoffs. I'll just roll through mine real quick, and uh, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say about those and then hear yours. NFC-wise, I think the Cardinals take the one seed. That's a pretty clear one to me. I think they've just been the best team in the league, especially now that they're getting healthy. I mean, they continued to play decently when not healthy, and now they're getting healthy again. That's a scary team. Um did the Buccaneers end up winning that game against the Bills? Yeah, they did. 33 to 27 in overtime. So my number 2 seeds the Buccaneers. I think they're just going to keep rolling. They've obviously been hot. They're not being talked about a lot, but for they good reason. They weren't last year either. And no, but it's but it's for good reason. I think yeah. they're not being talked about a lot because everyone knows they are just the team to beat. Tom Brady is still playing unreal despite, you know, he is still fighting age and doing insane things. Number three are the Packers, and I know that uh, that could be disputed by you guys a little bit that I have them all the way down at three, but I just think the Cardinals and the Buccaneers are the better team. I think they finished the season a little better. I also think that tonight's game against the Bears could be a potential trap game for the Packers as well as their next game against the Vikings. I mean, the Packers have three more NFC North games, one against the Bears, one against the Vikings, one against the Lions. That's good.
1: It's a good thing. I don't know if it is. I I think that that could be a bad thing for the Packers, being that that. Because the opponents have played us so much and they they know us so well, I
0: think that. But but look at games the Packers have lost in the past years and it's usually nfc north teams that kind of are their bane of their existence it, they always it's the vikings somehow, maybe the vikings but yet sometimes there's some weird flukes against the bears i don't no, expect them i don't expect I had, them to lose no, to the lions so.
1: though but who knows aaron Rodgers is 22 and 4 in his career against the bears he's 22 and 5 but one of those games he broke his collarbone and didn't finish <laughs> the game yeah. he's 15 10 and 1 against the Vikings. There there you go. There's yeah. your point. Okay. So it's your, it's your team, the Bears, right? there's my yeah. point. Yeah. The, against the Lions, he's 18 and 5. So, he's worse against the Lions than he is the Bears. Yes. Wow. Um well, they've been honestly, they've been better than the Bears in fair oh, it, like fair in, in, in the last decade. Maybe maybe they've the, made the playoffs. Maybe the, Bear, the Bears or the Lions are going to have once. two
0: wins this year and it's going to be the
1: Vikings against the and the Packers. Maybe. Maybe but I, I just don't think it's gonna happen because that you know what the only way that would happen is if the Packers were locked into a seed by that game okay. and then bench Rodgers in okay. preparation for the playoffs. I
0: think the Packers sit at a solid three spot, maybe two, but I see the Bucks just staying hot and that and the Packers possibly dropping. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, more. I just had to No, go. you're just fine. I'd I'd like to hear what you have to say. Four I have the Cowboys. I don't see anyone catching them, obviously, in, in, in their division. In their division. Okay. That division's weak and the Cowboys have been rolling. For the most part, um,
1: against bad teams, against bad teams, (laughs) but they're
0: still winning. You know what? But last year, at the same time last year, Mm -hmm. they had a terrible record, and so they were losing to bad teams in their division. So at least we see a little, a little more here. Um, Five, I got the Rams. Um, I think that they're still, as much as they've been stumbling, a li- they stumbled a little bit for a while there. Having Cooper Cup, having Matthew Stafford, having that offense, they're always going to be a scary team. That defense needs to, it has a lot of stars on it too. I mean, they have the making of a super team. They just need to start gelling and clicking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Six, I got the 49ers who have been on a roll lately. They just won an overtime today, but they've been on a tear, and I think that they're going to stay hot. So, yes, three teams from the NFC West. In there, And then seven, I have the Vikings who, as much as I don't want them to make the playoffs so that, Vi- so that they fire Mike Zimmer, I think that they're going to find a way to squeak into the playoffs. And then Zimmer and Spielman are going to stick around for another year because they made the playoffs and they're going to make it with a terrible record and probably lose in the first round. But if they find a way to play the Packers, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's going to be a, a, a fun game.
1: All right. So before we go to the AFC, I yeah. think we should stick. We should yeah, all let's just hear go it. through let's, the NFC, yeah. and then we'll all go through the that's AFC. Gonna be, so let's hear your AFC. All right. So I have the Packers at, at one, Whoa. and I have the most— You think top the Bucks and the Cardinals? Well, here's why. Okay. First of all, I have the most faith in this team that I have. I know I say this every year, <laughs> yeah, but right, this, right. this year— this if the is Packers the year. Are gonna do it. This is the year. Because and then next have, year is the year. They, they're getting they're getting Jair Alexander back. They're getting Zedarius Smith back. They're getting D. Back back. Three all pro level players that they'll get back before the playoffs. Hopefully, you have guys like Razul Douglas and Devondre Campbell who are both playing at a pro level, Pro Bowl level, even though both of those guys were not on a team going into this season. Yep. So the defense is stacked with both great players and unsung heroes. You have an offense that has still the best quarterback in the game, best wide receiver in the game, a dynamic duo of running backs, an offensive line that has constantly had injuries but battled through it, and they can shift to any position and play any position and still not allow a lot of sacks. I mean, that's just so impressive. You have a guy like Aaron Donald who uh, Packers were down three linemen, did not record a single sack. I mean, that is impressive. So I mean I I have a ton of faith in them. Remember, they have the head-to-head win over the Cardinals, and in that game That's true. Yep. yep. That game, the wide receiver room was wiped out due to COVID. They didn't have Scantling. They didn't have Adams. They didn't have Lazard. They still went in there with guys like Jawan Winfrey. Who you're like? Who is that? Yeah, he, he's on a practice squad. but yeah. he played that the game. Car-
0: the Cardinals have a pretty bad secondary, though. I uh, don't. Let's right, not forget. Which is, that. does
1: not bode well for a Super Bowl contending team. So okay. my okay. my point is, they're great, but they're they're my two. Okay. Because I don't know how the Packers have a tiebreaker over the Buccaneers, but they also do. As long as the Buccaneers don't lose another game, we'll be seated ahead of them. If Interesting. We don't lose. If another both game. teams win out. So yeah. I think yeah. the Packers win out because part of that is. I don't think we're going to lose at Lambeau to the Vikings. Okay. I don't think we're going to lose to the Lions unless we already lock in our seed. We're not losing to the Bears tonight. That's okay. not going to happen. Okay.
0: And I think that the Ravens might be a tough test. Yes, if, but if, if Lamar Jackson's he healthy. He might not. Right.
1: If Lamar Jackson's and, healthy, and that might so, be a tough test. You know, notes, notes on that. Lamar Jackson, quarterback of the Ravens, got hurt today. Yes. Ankle injury. He's, was carted off and ruled out, well. so he yes. may miss time. Right. I don't think they can beat the Packers without him
0: and that they, is such a run heavy right. offense though already it's that you know the passing game is not we have the third
1: focus. ranked run defense in the league right now Fair enough. so my point is Packers I have faith and then after that Cardinals because of the tiebreaker I, I think they might still win out but they have a tougher schedule than the Packers they still got to play the Rams on Monday Night Football tomorrow right that's going to be a good game Buccaneers I think I have a lot of faith in them but I just don't see them surpassing the Packers because I think I have so much faith in the Packers right yeah, now. Yeah. Rest of my seating is the same Cowboys at four Rams at five okay. 49ers at six. But then I think the Eagles are going to sneak in really. And the I, the Vikings will miss the playoffs. Well, how, how, yeah. How do the Eagles sneak in?
0: What's your, what's
1: your, thought well? Process? their schedule is pretty easy. They have Washington at home okay. next week. That a bye this week. Then they have, the Giants at home and then they're at Washington and then they have the Cowboys at home and they're losing it, to
0: the Cowboys. Well, hold on a minute. Yep.
1: The Eagles own Dallas in Philly <laughs> and that is such a dangerous place to play. Okay. Considering that, you know, that would be a game where the Eagles win and they're in. Right? They also okay. hold on one second. Okay. The Cowboys also aren't good enough to surpass the Packers, Cardinals, or Buccaneers just knowing that they're already a couple games behind those three teams. So there's a very likely situation in which the Cowboys clinch the four seed and then bench, their and starters. Then bench Dak oh. and then lose to Philadelphia after the Eagles win their next three games against inferior teams.
0: I don't know that the Eagles can beat Washington twice. Yeah, no. I don't think they can. I think Washington always finds a way. We saw it today against the Cowboys. They always find a way to make it really competitive. And Taylor Heineke, for whatever reason, is a decent quarterback in this league. I have a little bit of faith in Washington. But remember, this
1: is not a six seed. This is a seven seed. Yeah. Now, let's think about it from this perspective. Okay. The Vikings, on the other hand. Yeah get to play the Rams and Packers yet, which are both, you know what? I had so much more faith in the Vikings after they beat the Packers, but since they have beat the Packers, they have just completely wet the bed. That is literally the expression I have to give them. And they blew a 29 point lead almost yep. to the Steelers. Yep. And the week before lost to the Lions and the week before lost to the 49ers. Like, I just, I want you know, so many of my friends at this school, including yourself (laughs) love the Vikings Yeah, and I so want to support them, but I just can't right now because of what I've seen from them recently. And I think that I could honestly see them be winning out because they're so talented, but at the same time, They're just not that good. And I I think the most likely thing is that they'll drop at least one game to the Bears because they're the Vikings, okay? (laughs) They lost to the Lions. Why couldn't they lose to the Bears? That's fair. And the Rams are probably going to beat them because Sean McVay doesn't usually lose to teams where his team's better. I, where his team's better. The Vikings
0: also find ways to beat the teams they shouldn't beat too, which is what's Fair, bizarre. But the
1: Packers won't let them beat them twice in a season, so I, I, I still think that I still think I that there's appreciate. a shot. that I am
0: more confident about that Packer game than any other game this year. Okay, but are you more funny?
1: confident in your team, the Vikings, than you are in the Eagles beating three bad teams and then a really bad Cowboys team that's probably already clinched a seat? That's what i'm saying i think
0: let me let me change it i don't have confidence in my team but i also have a lot of confidence in the washington football team let's put it that way yep.
2: so
1: what about them do you think they might get in it as the seventh they
2: could let's possibly the in. On absolutely to, to so let's, the let's throw it okay. wide here i do think that the washington football team will be my seventh seed. okay so let's hear your nfc then i um pretty okay just to finish my point about the washington football team, okay yep I pretty much think everything that Dur said is true. Just the opposite with the Washington football team okay. making the playoffs. Okay. I completely agree with him about the Vikings. They're not going to make it in. But okay. I think the Washington football team is the one that are going to beat the Eagles twice and then beat the Cow- beat the Giants and lose to the Cowboys. But okay.
0: Okay, so let's hear the rest okay. of your season. So
2: I do think that the Cardinals will take the number one seed. Okay. I just don't see them dropping another game. Okay.
0: Um, Although the Packers have, I a tiebreaker the tie Packers breaker.
2: are better than the Cardinals. Okay. I think the Cardinals just can win out and get that number right. one. But if seed.
1: Az wins out, then yes, they, right, they're right, ten right. and two right now. Oh, right, sorry. right, right.
2: So, yep, I think the Cardinals will get the number one seed. Then we have the Packers. Then, um, sorry, Packers. Then the Bucks. Then the Cowboys. Pretty standard. All the division leaders. I yep. don't think anything there is changing. Right. I think we can all agree on that. Yep. Rams. Niners. Um, and then I have the Washington football okay. team with a dark horse being the Saints.
0: I Okay. I can see that, but there's way too much. I don't trust Tays, uh, Taysom Hill at quarterback in any way, shape or form because mainly because of his lack of usage with Alvin Kamara. He is a gunslinger, always looking down the field type of quarterback. Alvin Kamara had a good game today, but with that being said, Taysom Hill does not like to check down to probably their best player on their roster in Alvin Kamara, and just likes to throw these these deep balls every single play. I just don't know that that he can be their answer to win. Them also, out. they're not they
1: gonna, also the they're Jets, not going to win at the Buccaneers Jets. next week without Jameis Winston. Although they did beat them at home in a game where Winston tore his ACL. However, I just don't see that happening again. They also have to play the streaking Dolphins. I At don't, home, here's now. Now I, don't think that's I need to talk about this. <laughs> We're a little bit off topic here now, okay. but let's just I, let use me hear this as an effective transition to talk about <laughs> okay. the AFC now. Yeah, but the Miami Dolphins have quietly put together a six-game wins or a five-game win streak.
0: Really? Yeah, I didn't they, even realize they beat
1: the Texans. Then they beat the Ravens, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Giants. And so none he of those also, games were particularly close. They also none beat beat
0: of those teams. Three of those teams are terrible. Two of them are
2: okay. Yeah, they're not good. Fair,
1: teams. but listen to the rest of their schedule. Okay, the Jets again. Yep. <laughs> at okay. Home yep. Fair at the Saints without a real quarterback because okay. Trevor Simeon's not good and Taysom Hill's not a real quarterback. Okay. And then at the Titans, who are really inconsistent and then against the Patriots at home but listen to this guess what week it is it's week 18
0: so the Patriots are going to sit bench everyone
1: right okay (laughs) so you always have to remember that the last game you oftentimes when you always throw this week 18
0: asterisk in on us (laughs) because it's a thing yeah
1: week 18 is the most boring week and then I fell in a lot of ways, but it's also the most exciting week because it's the week when teams get to clinch things <laughs> and all of the subpar, like low seeded teams that can clinch, get really lucky. Yeah. Get- Really lucky that a good team they're playing benches their starters okay. because they've already clinched the seed.
2: I, I don't think the Patriots are going to sit their starters in week 18. Really? They're going to want that that's number true. one that's, seed. That's not them an and Belichick the Chiefs Belichick. have the same no, record that's a good right point.
0: Now. That's a good point. They're going to fight them. Okay. So speaking of, I'm going to go with my AFC 7 here. So number one, I got the Patriots who have been the hottest team in football. And Mac Jones seems unstoppable. And Bill Belichick seems like he just restarted that New England dynasty, which, God, I hate so much that that's back. But... Um, I think the Patriots clinched that one spot. Um, the Chiefs at number two who have also been rolling lately, they finally look like themselves again after stumbling out of the gates. Uh, and they are always going to be a super bowl. Super bowl threat, being that it's the Chiefs with you know, Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes and you know, T- Tyreek Hill and everything. Three, I've got the Titans. Um, I know that they're not as good a team as as, you know. They seem to be without Derrick Henry, but I don't I just don't see anyone passing them in that division um in the end. Four, I've got the Bengals. I do think the Bengals end up passing the Ravens for that first seed in their division. I think even though they lost this week, so did the Ravens. And I, I just I like the Bengals and especially if Lamar Jackson ends up being hurt and out for a little while that Bengals are going to overtake them five i have the chargers because they're obviously the best team outside of the four division leaders um if it weren't for the chiefs they would be the division leader
2: i disagree i think the colts are the best team outside of the division. oh that's
0: no way not a chance are you kidding me with with carson wentz in at quarterback now granted taylor yeah the best running back in the league currently but how you know The Titans have made the playoffs, but it's not like that running back wins them Super Bowls with the best running back or up until Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the league and Derrick Henry, but I'll finish and then we can get to that. Six, I have the Bills. They did just lose, um, but I still think that that offense is um, very good and down the stretch we'll find a way to make that the playoffs and be a team to beat. And then seven, I do have the Ravens, but I kind of want to put an asterisk there. It's Ravens if lamar jackson is healthy and is able to play the rest of the year if lamar is not healthy the ravens don't make the playoffs i just don't see that happening and i see the colts making it then but with that being said i love jonathan taylor i i just don't know that you can ride him into the playoffs i think you need a slightly more competent quarterback than carson wentz
1: wentz has been playing extremely well i
2: don't know wentz has been about. able
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. what You're talking about either. He's a t- easily a top ten QB in the league yep. this year, and and also the quarterbacks we think are are the best quarterbacks in the league. Probably. I mean, you don't. Do you guys know who the best quarterback in the league is right now? Uh, Tom Brady. Guess. No, like <laughs> like statistically, not not opinion. Derek Carr. Teddy Bridgewater. None of them. <laughs> it's Justin Herbert. Okay, that he makes has that the makes highest sense. total QBR. They
0: also pass the ball a million times. Well, no, no, a no game. But <laughs>
1: total total QBR is, is an ESPN only statistic, but it's my favorite one to look at. It, it because it, it doesn't just mad like measure uh touchdown, interception ratio, and yardage like pass rating does. Because pass rating is a little bit flawed. It also measures quality of defenses played, okay. quality of opponents, and how effective the quarterback was, percentage of drives where they score points and that's that all points to Justin Herbert okay and so for me I think I actually had a very similar seeding to Jack um the only thing that I will change is that I think the Chiefs get the one I think the Patriots get the two I don't think why because the Patriots still have to play the Bills and the and the Colts and both those teams are des getting a little desperate yeah I think you know obviously I think they're talented enough to win both I think Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. But at the same token, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose one of them or both of them. Okay. It's a tougher schedule than some teams that are still out there. And then just like you, Jack, I like the Titans at three. I like the Bengals at four. I think the Ravens get surpassed. I think all three, I think the Steelers, Bengals, or Steelers, Browns, and Ravens all miss the playoffs. Okay. I think Jackson misses time. You know, it's not a good sign when you get carted off the field. Right and I honestly and ruled out if, if he doesn't play again this year, they lose out. Absolutely, they finish. Absolutely, I, f- I think they're seven and six. So and they who's who's their number two quarterback anyway? Um, Tyler um, Tyler Huntley, and Brett Huntley, Tyler Hunt Huntley Huntley. Oh. Huntley oh. from Utah. Utah. He played at Utah. Not um,
0: Tracy Whatever that uh, Trace McSorley. Trace he's McSorley. N- he's not on the team anymore. I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't
1: remember where he went. But he Trace got, McSorley. He got signed to a, a different team's practice squad a few weeks ago. Okay. But, um. And then I like the I like the Chargers in the first wild card spot. I think they might actually Here's the thing. They play the Chiefs this week on Thursday. Okay. <laughs> they might have a chance to beat the Chiefs. Absolutely. So, if that happens, I could see the Patriots still taking it, but um overall then the Bills, I agree with you, Jack, again. They're at 6, but I put the Colts at 7 just because I'm so confident that the Ravens I I just think Jackson will not play okay. next week, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. the rest of the year. So I'm I'm pretty confident that the Colts will make it, but I have to throw the Dolphins in there as I you just, as you just I, touched on. Yeah. yeah, I just think that they might also be a dark horse similar to the Saints in the NFC for a uh, Wyatt over here. So it's gonna be. I'll tell you this: I think the NFC is gonna win the Super Bowl this year. I think the three best teams in the league are all in the NFC. I think the Packers, Cardinals, and Buccaneers are the three top teams in the league. However. Um, the AFC playoffs are going to be really exciting. They'll be fun because it's such an evenly matched conference. Whereas, I think the Cowboys, Rams, Forty ers and Eagles, or or all the wild card teams, are going to get blown out in the NFC wild card. While the AFC, I think you're going to see upsets like crazy. I think it's going to be surprising for a
2: Absolutely. lot of people. So.
0: Absolutely. All right, Wyatt, let's hear yours. You seem like you might, uh, uh, like Durs and I have a very similar ones. you might have a little bit different.
2: So, yeah, I have a little bit different, pretty much the same teams, but kind of different seating. Okay. I have the Chiefs at the one seed. Okay. I have the Titans at the two seed. Whoa. I think the Patriots are going to drop two more games.
0: You think the Titans are going to be good enough to win out or what?
2: I think the Titans are going to lose one more game, but I think the Patriots are going to lose two.
0: Under Ryan Tannehill and whoever they throw in the backfield? It's worked so far.
2: Okay. (laughs) Is Derek Henry out for the season, by the way? Um, I can't remember. he has a chance to play in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Um, I have the Titans at two, the Patriots at three, um, Bengals at four. Although I do think the Chargers are better than the Bengals.
0: Yeah, but it goes Uh, by, you know. It goes
2: by division leaders. Yep. Um, I have the Chargers at five. I have the Colts at six That's what and the Bills for. at seven.
0: Okay, so you just switched those last two around for the most part. Why are you so high on the Colts?
2: I think they're putting it all together. Um, offensively, defensively, they're okay. They're getting it done. They're bend but don't break. Um, I think their offensive line is playing amazingly. Jonathan Taylor is just on another level right now. He's basically Derrick Henry from last season. Absolutely, this season. Um. And then I think their receivers are very underrated. Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, playing astronomically right now, not getting enough respect on their names. And then their offensive line is top notch. Okay,
1: yeah, that's fair. I I mean, yeah, yeah. they also started one and four, and they're six and two in their last eight games. They've been playing well. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those was an overtime loss to the Titans, where Wentz. Had the worst game of the season for them, and they still lost by three in in OT. And then the other one was to the Buccaneers, where they led and just didn't score in the second half. So I don't know. I think I think the Colts overall they they can make some noise. Absolutely. Well, before last few
0: minutes here, do any of you have uh, Super Bowl predictions? Anyone?
1: I I do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. What I want. To happen, <laughs> Packers. Pa- I want it to be a a Packers, uh, Packers Patriots Super Bowl. Okay. okay, I think that that would be you know as a or a Packers Titans Super Bowl. I think okay, that would be pretty cool. Um, but I think the most realistic thing is gonna be a rematch of last year. Okay. I think it's gonna be Buccaneers and Chiefs.
0: I'm gonna. That's my pick. I think the Super Bowl gods, the the NFL gods are are going to make it a. Buccaneers-Patriots-Super Bowl. I think that's the only way possible. If that happens, then a if Bela, rigged, a, Belichick, it's a rigged. A, a Belichick-Brady-Super Bowl, and it's going to happen, and we're going to see the true test. That's what it's going to be.
2: What I want for the Super Bowl, I want um, the Packers and the Patriots, or the Packers and... The sorry, Colts, your here. favorite team? <laughs> no, not the, the Packers and the Chiefs. I want to see okay. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. We haven't seen that yet ever, and I think the Super Bowl is the stage that... That we should see that. uh, Yeah.
1: What do you think it will be?
2: I think it'll be rematch of
0: last year. Bucks chiefs. Okay. Fair enough. I I think I would hate to see that again. Here's the thing
1: though, too. Uh, Here's why I think Packers chiefs might actually be the most realistic because I always preach how defense wins championships and the Chiefs defense is has they've been they were the worst defense in the league early on. Now they're just absolutely incredible. Yeah.
0: Well, with that being said, our time is running out here, but thank you for listening. Um, this is the final whistle on Blue Gold Radio on 897 WE Eau Claire Um on Blue Gold Radio Sunday with Jack Ders and White. It is our last show of the semester. So we will, you will not be able to listen to us for another month and a half. We'll miss you. I know you'll miss us. But thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you in a few
2: months.